This is a Locker Room Production. Hello and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, Episode 3 of Pittsburgh Pirates Podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch. And uh, I'm here today to talk about the Pirates and Reds series. Not too great for the Pirates. Uh, they were swept by the Reds in three games. They are now one in five on the year. Um, everyone is panicking, even though I don't know why. I don't know what we really expected. The Pirates aren't very good. But uh, in game one, Things actually looked pretty decent for the Pirates. They got out to a 2 nothing lead, two home runs, and then they eventually lost. Last two games, just terrible. Lost 14-1 to last night. And today they lost 11-4. to So they're 1-5 on the season. They are in last place. They're not, um, they're not one of the only teams without a win, though. There's... Still, the Athletics and I believe the Braves, if they uh, haven't won. Nope, the Braves won today. So, Pirates are 1-5. They look terrible. Uh, the pitching just looks terrible. Chad Cole today was first inning, just not good. Uh, gave up a leadoff home run, which you can call it what you want. It was a great American ballpark home run. Barely got out. Looked like a pop fly to left field, but it was a home run. And then the control issues came on he walked three batters eventually gave up five runs in the inning settled down a little bit after that he was actually pretty decent after that but four innings pitch four earned runs five strikeouts he did strike out five out of six batters but the big thing was the five walks just not good at all the reds took advantage and uh once cool left the game Chris Stratton came in. He gave up three earned runs. He gave up a home run to Nick Castellanos. And um, not good there. Made it 8 nothing. Eventually, Michael Fleas came in. He gave up a run. David Bednar came in. And uh, his perfect season was ended. He gave up two home runs. So, the Reds offense, I mean, you have to say, they have looked really great in the first six games of the season. They are now 5-1, and one, and they have scored, you know, this series, they scored 25, let me see if I can do math real quick, 11 plus 14 is 25, plus 5 is uh, 30 runs this series, and they've, they've scored well over 60 on the year, so good for the Reds, they're 5-1, and one. the Pirates, like I said, 1-5, not good, um, looking at the series, as a whole, just one second here. Yesterday was pretty terrible. The Pirates, uh, like I said, they gave up 14 runs. They were not good. Uh, Trevor Cahill started that game, and he got knocked around fairly early. Gave up four runs in the second. He ended up giving up seven darn runs in four innings, so not great. Clay Holmes got knocked up in that game as well. Everyone did. The Pirates... We're not good in that game either. The offense this series, just about as bad. Uh, you know, I said in the first game, they got home runs from Phillip Evans and Colin Moran. It looked like things might have been okay, but they just scored three runs in that game. 
one run last night. And then today they were getting shut out 11, nothing going into the ninth inning and Eric Gonzalez got pretty lucky and hit a grand slam to make it 11 to four to make it look not quite as bad, but I mean, it was a blowout. Nonetheless, uh, look, looking at this team, I mean, it is what it is. The pirates are one in four or one in five, like I said, but I don't think it's going to be this terrible, um, all year long. I mean, the way people see it right now, a lot of people think this is going to be like a 40 win team and I don't think they'll be that bad. I think they'll just be the average 60 or so win team looking at the schedule here. They come home tomorrow for their home opener. I'm sure that'll be fun for fans. They host the Cubs. And then after that, um, they host four against the San Diego Padres. And (laughs) we'll see. That that could be interesting. Looking at the schedule here, Cubs, I mean, let's just say the Cubs win two out of three. Again, we'll say San Diego wins three out of four. The Pirates are looking at – a three and 10 start, which I don't know. After that, they have Milwaukee and then they kind of get a break with Detroit, but yeah, the pirates are, they're not looking good right now. Um, Looking at some stats here. I mean, I guess I'll try to be optimistic for a second here. Phillip Evans has been pretty solid at the plate. He's been their best hitter so far this year. Um, he had a double today, I believe. And, um, you know, when Cambrian Hayes gets back, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Evans. He should be getting every day at bats, but we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see if he comes back down to earth a little bit. Colin Moran's been pretty decent as well. But other than that, I mean, it's kind of funny. Um, it's kind of funny because you look at someone like Adam Frazier, and Kevin Newman, who were both just lighting it up in spring training, both hit well over uh, 500. Kevin Newman hit 600. You look at them right now, they're just, they're not doing it. You look at, uh, pulling up my stats here, Kevin Newman is right now, Kevin Newman's hitting 182, zero hits today. I think I saw his hard hit rates like 11%, not good. And you look at Adam Frazier, I mean, he is not, he's not been better either. He's looking here. Adam Frazier, 167. It's only six games. I mean, it doesn't really matter that much. We'll see moving forward. Things are bad. Polanco, 059, just terrible. Polanco has just been... He's been an abomination. He is not very good. Um, you know what? I'll bring in my producer here, Jeremy. Jeremy, what do you think about the Pirates right now? This is just it's, – it's been pretty bad. It's not good, Nate. It's not good. It is not good indeed. I'll say this, though, but I do think that it's very difficult to come out of a game when you lose 14-1 and then – the very next afternoon, play that same team. Yeah, that kind of goes both ways. On one hand, it is tough. On the other hand, the old baseball cliches, 
wash it off and you get to go right back at them. But yeah, when they get blown out twice in a row, it can't be easy. And then tomorrow they have another afternoon game for the home opener against the Cubs. But yeah, it's, it's not and, good. And that could provide some type of newfound energy. You know, I wonder how much of the team's like infectious energy is is changed by Key, Key Brian Hayes going down. And yeah. if that, how much that's affecting the team, because, you know, Philip Evans has definitely stepped up in his, in his place. But to be honest, like the rest of the team, you can like, they're all just cold right now. Like they're, they're just cold. And, you know, maybe it's some early season jitters and all of that. But, you know, I kind of hope that we can see a stronger showing especially in the home, in the first home series of the season. I, I do think that they'll they'll play better this weekend. I hope so. Yeah, I agree. And I will say this too. It's kind of weird. They they have been unlucky. I went on Fangraphs and I wanted to check some of their batted ball metrics cuz I expected, you know, just watching the game, I just saw soft contact after soft contact and not a lot going on, but I looked and uh, these are before today's stats, obviously. So it's the first five games. So the uh, the numbers are different. But the Pirates were tenth in hard hit rate in the MLB, and I just I saw that and I didn't really believe it. But it's funny too; they're also uh, first in soft contact. So, so they have been the hitting best the ball the really soft. It's but all they, about they, soft contact. Yeah, they've been hitting the ball like really softly, which isn't good. But they've also had a few, few hard hits as well. So I mean, it's it's tough. Uh, the lineup lineup's pretty bad. Hey, I mean, at least you look first at it. in something. Yes, they are first in something. <laughs> off contact. Uh, I think they're also at the top of the leaderboard in ground ball rate too, as an offense. Hey. Looking here before before today's game, they were uh, sixth at. 47.8%. So soft contact and ground balls are definitely the combination that you don't really want. Um, we got Joe in here. Joe, if, if you'd like to if you'd like to speak on the Pirates right now and tell me your thoughts on them, please, please go ahead. I'd come, like to hear Come and join us. Yeah. We'd love to have the added conversation. But honestly, you know, I want to address Philip Evans and him pitching on on Tuesday night. Yes. That was amazing. Like, he's he's definitely the best part of the Pirates so far this season. Oh, for sure. Key Brian Hayes. So, I think we should just, when Key Brian Hayes comes back, I think we should just play um, only Key Brian Hayes and Philip Evans. And ha- they can they can split all nine positions. You know, Colin Moran can platoon at first base if he really wants to. And... I think that, look, that team might be able to do it. If the bench warmers could play with three guys, I don't see how the Pirates can. I, I don't hate that idea. Joe, what do you think about the Pirates so far? <laughs> well, uh, I was just wondering uh, about Evans. Um, he's obviously, at least through the first few games, uh, maybe the one bright spot. Um, do you think when everybody's healthy that that you just keep throwing them out in a u- utility role um, or – maybe eventually give him just like the everyday, uh, I don't know, right field or left field job. Yeah, I think, I think that's interesting. Um, definitely. I think he needs to be getting everyday at bats. At least he showed that in the first week of the season, obviously things can change and uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens here. But 
I mean, he has been he has been the one bright spot. And it's funny too because he did pitch last night and he got a <laughs> one two three inning and he he was just tossing it like seventy eight mile an hour whatever balls you can call it his heater I guess. But it was kind of funny that he was. He was just like, you know what? I'm going to throw strikes. I'm going to attack these hitters, and whatever happens, happens. And he got three yeah. strikeouts. And he kind of reminds like, me a little bit. Sorry, go ahead, Nate. Uh, I was just going to say, I just feel like uh, watching watching these other pitchers for the Pirates, it's just constant getting behind in the count, constant nibbling, and then they're forced to throw a meatball or walk the game. Uh, it's just been bad to watch. You know who Philip Evans kind of reminds me of? Who? A little bit of Mike Rosso for the Rays. Mm-hmm. Considering he can play multiple positions, he can bat at the top of the line, he can bat in the middle, he can bat anywhere, really. And he has that, like, quiet pop, you know? Like, we've, and we've seen it already this season. Like, he, I don't think he's really seen as much of a power hitter, but no. he showcased that he, he does have that in his toolbox. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely, I think he might be one of those uh, swing change guys where he – they were showing on the broadcast today some of the drills he does to uh, with the bands around his hips to really try to get his hips into his swing. And, I mean, he does have a quick, compact swing, and uh, I've, I've definitely liked what I've seen from him. Hopefully, I mean, best-case scenario for the Pirates, he could be maybe like a Max Muncy type for them, you know, plays all over the field and provides some pop here. That'd be fantastic. Um, Yeah, looking at the pitching, I mean, once again, the Pirates are, they're just walking guys. (laughs) I swear I've seen, like, multiple times this season where the opposing team has more runs than hits, and it's just, all that tells you is walks, terrible commands, and um, the other teams are cashing in, obviously. And it's just, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is with the Pirates. Some of their guys, I mean, I think they have good stuff. Mitch Keller, obviously, I think he has good stuff. Brubaker has good stuff. Um, Chad Cole, obviously, has some pretty good stuff. But they just, I don't know if they don't trust their stuff or if they don't, um, or if they're just bad at throwing strikes. But it's just infuriating to watch all of these walks happen constantly. I think it's also possible that they kind of just ran into a really hot red team. Oh, 100%. Like, if you take away these two games, the Pirates, in the first four games of the season, they didn't allow more than five runs in a game. So, mm-hmm. the pitching was pretty solid in Chicago. So the bullpen was, really yeah, just these sure. two games, which could be an outlier. We really don't know yet. There's, there's you know, the sample size is nowhere near large enough. I think, you know, obviously we can look at, you know, preseason, spring training kind of projections and kind of dictate how we really see this team. But also, we really don't know what the team looks like until about May, like how they legit, how they are legit. And I I would agree, you know, look, I'm not saying the Pirates would be great or anything like that, but I do think that, we really have to wait a few weeks to get a sample size large enough so that we can really, you know, put, um, so that we can really pinpoint how this team is. Because, look, Philip Evans could go cold for the next two weeks and then be out of the lineup again. Like, 
And, you know, these past few days, although they've been good, doesn't justify him staying in the lineup if he has, you know, a one for 20 in his next 20 at best. So, honestly, you know, it's way too early in the season to dictate, you know, who's going where and what. Although, I will say this. Guys like Gregory Blanco hitting 059 and Kevin Newman hitting 182. Not a, not a uh, promising start. But keep in mind, like Kevin Newman hit, you know, over, you know, 600 in spring training. So, you know, just as quick as you can get hot, you can, you know, you can get cold at the same, quick, uh, say, at the same, the same time. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're at the point in the season where any hitter is three hits away from, you know, hitting over 400. So, yeah, the, uh, the stats aren't aren't that much. On, 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 on the pitching, I was – one thing that's kind of, I don't know, concerning, like If the obviously the bullpen should be the best part of the staff, but um, it's worth noting, I think, that the, their best game was on opening day when, in theory, everybody's well-rested and fresh. And I just worry about how – the bad starting pitching is going to affect what should be a strength uh, in the bullpen if, you know, they're routinely having to cover, you know, five and six innings every day. Um, you know, it just might might add up over the course of the, the year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the 14-man rotation definitely helps with that a little bit. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, if, if, if the Pirates are getting four innings out of their starter – every single outing the the, uh the bullpen's definitely going to get worn down really quickly uh i mean i'm going to try to be positive here for a second there are some positive things that that have uh have have been shown early on this season i mean luis oviedo has looked pretty nasty he's pitched three innings um struck out a good amount of hitters, and um, he's looked good. The 21-year-old who had never pitched above A ball, I believe, and he was the Rule 5 pick, um, he was nice. I think Sam Howard's pretty nice. I know he gave up uh, a home run. Oviedo did as well. He lost the game on, on uh, Monday. Yeah, he did. But, I, I mean, he strikes out hitters. Uh, looking at it right now, he's been decent. Um, there are some good pieces in the bullpen, but I will say there's, you know, there's just guys that I'm, I'm just so tired of seeing already. We're, we're barely a week into the season and I, I don't want to see Michael Feliz pitch anymore. Um, Clay Holmes, I mean, there's times where he looks decent, but (laughs) he's just not good. I mean, I'm, I'm tired of seeing guys like him. Um, I do want to see, you know, more David Bednar. He gave up those two massive bombs today, but he he he's shown to have some pretty good stuff. Um, he looks solid. Richard Rodriguez, I mean, he's been the Pirates' most relie- reliable reliever for, like, the past, you know, few years or so now. Chris Stratton got touched up today, but he's he's pretty decent. He pretty much is what he is. We'll see. We st- we've only seen one inning from Kyle Crick this year. The fastball actually looked like the velocity has kind of returned. So if that's the case, perhaps he'll be pretty solid. Um, the bullpen. The bullpen's not terrible. I may have exaggerated a little bit on the last pod when I said maybe they could be good, but they're definitely not terrible. The but starting also- rotation, though. Just... Yeah, but Nate, you've noticed how 
you know, if our starters are only going four innings, like for instance, like then it's only going to add more innings for that for that bullpen. And that, it's not just a Pirates thing, but this is a league wide thing. I do think that starters are going to be limited on their innings this year, especially towards the beginning of the season, because they haven't played a full 162 in two years. Mm-hmm. So, and and a lot of these players that you know are young and are coming up, they like there are a lot of guys that didn't play in the minor leagues last year. So, you know, you don't have as large of a pool to pick from out of you know your your farm system, and especially for a team like the Pirates that does rely on a lot of guys that probably should be in the minor leagues right now, they, they they need them to pitch at the big league level because those are their best players. And at this point, the Pirates are looking to develop for the future. So the, that's what they're looking for. And I think it's that's going to be an issue, you know, as the season goes along. But the only thing is, I don't really see a way that you can really fix this, you know. But also, it might be honestly a benefit because you're going to be able to weed out your talent a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. And you're giving these guys big league innings and big league experience that they wouldn't have gotten, you know, on another team or, you know, in the minors or, or wherever they would be. So I honestly think the the solution is to do exactly what the Pirates are doing. And it's just pitch the guys, pitch the starters as much as you can, but don't overwork them. Because at the end of the day, the worst case scenario is you get your, um, you know, you get more innings for guys that, you can evaluate better. For sure. And, yeah, I mean, you look at it here. Uh, first time through the rotation, Chad Cole opening day, three innings pitch. Tyler Anderson, five innings pitch, which has been the most a starter has gone this year. Brubaker, four innings pitch. Keller, three innings pitch. Cahill, four innings pitch. And then Cole again today, just four innings pitched. So, And it's not even like they're getting pulled early. These guys are throwing like 80 pitches or so every outing, and they just can't get outs quickly enough to be efficient whatsoever. I thought Brubaker actually looked pretty good on Monday. Yeah, I did too. I mean, the walks, once again, were an issue, but he did strike out um, a good amount of hitters as well. He got out of a few jams in there, and he left with the lead, I think, right? Uh, Either a lead or a tie. But yeah, yeah, no, he was he was he was very solid besides the walks. I just think like I said, these pitchers have good stuff. Besides, you know, Tyler Anderson and Cahill, they're here to just eat innings and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe be a trade ship, but at this point, who knows? But I mean, cool, he's always had good stuff. You saw today, he struck out five hitters in six Five out of six hitters at one point, but it's just the walks. I don't, I don't know what it is. Like I said, I don't know if it's a confidence thing or they're just not good at throwing strikes. The command is just that bad. But I think that will kind of neutralize itself. And if if they can just you know instead of being a fifteen percent walk guy, cut that down to you know like seven percent or so, seven eight percent. Then they'll be a lot more effective, and then obviously it's like um, a snowball effect. Then the bullpen will be more rested, and yada yada yada. The team will be better, but and I, it's it's just the walks. And I also think that this is kind of Derek Shelton's idea is because look, I mean, Chad Cool went four innings today, and yes, he gave up the five runs in the first inning, but then he went three scoreless innings, and then he was pulled after the fourth inning. He only had seventy-two pitches, so hypothetically. If you, he could have gotten another inning for you if, if, if Shelton really wanted to. Like, I, So I do think that they are 
monitoring pitch counts early in the season for these guys. So that's going to mean more innings for the bullpen that they're going to have to eat. I think that's a big reason why you brought in Trevor Cahill is because he's an innings eater kind of guy. And, you know, it wouldn't even surprise me if they went out and, you know, maybe signed like another veteran, maybe just like in May to kind of help that out because, at this point, if we're already at this point in the season, I don't know if they're going – I don't know if these innings are going to increase for these kind of guys, but it wouldn't surprise me if they feel like they need to go out and, you know, or maybe promote someone from AAA to kind of, you know, get someone more innings, I guess. Because at this point, like, the innings – people – I wouldn't even be surprised if they add, like, a six-starter. And just and go with the six man rotation or an opener or something like that because at this point that might be what is best for this team moving forward. Yeah, I mean, um, looking at the roster, they they still have Will Crow who they just sent down to the alternate site, and um, he could definitely start a little bit if they need him to. Hopefully, at some point. I mean, it might be a month, it might be two months. They'll be getting Stephen Brault back, so that that would help, but. Yeah, I mean, even if they wanted to, they could maybe stretch out someone like Chris Stratton, who has started in the past. They have Cody Ponce. He, he's another he's another quad A starter. So they have guys uh, that that could start. There's there's definitely a ton of pitching, not good pitching, but they do have a ton of guys that they can just kind of cycle between. As of right now, the alternate site in the major league roster. So, I mean, I'm not extremely concerned with the workloads right now, but the thing, yeah, the thing is, I mean, it's just, it's command, command, command. And I do think that, I mean, I'm definitely overreacting a little bit. They're one in five. They've been terrible these past few games, but like you said, the Reds have been just mashing to start the season. And um, I mean, if you look at the Cubs series, the Pirates did look like a major league team. They lost, you know, two out of three, but two of those games were close. They won one of those games. It's just right now, you know, it's 25 to five in the past 24 hours that they've lost. So it's, it's definitely, it doesn't look that great, but I think, I think they'll be all right. I mean, not good. All right, but not, I don't think it's... They're uh, going to stink, but it's a different kind of stink. Yeah, they're going to stink. It's it's just a different kind of stink. But, you know, tomorrow it's... Uh, I forget. I think it's Tyler Anderson, Tyler Anderson who's getting Jake Arrieta, the home opener. But we'll see. I mean, the pitching's been bad. The hitting is what gets me. Like I told you, the, uh, the soft contact is just... It's maddening. It's so funny watching an inning and the Pirates get through on the pitching side, a long inning, tons of walks. Maybe they squeak out of it. Maybe they don't. Maybe they give up five runs. But when, when the offense comes to the plate, it just seems like dribbler, dribbler, strikeout or whatever it may be. They're just quick innings. I will say a positive of this series, they may have gotten blown out in two straight games, but both of these games were under three hours. So pace of play if, uh, if that's your thing, then good for the Pirates for keeping these quick in their spank. Hey, we're good at something. Right. But, yeah, I mean, Gregory Polanco, just 
already. Like you said, 059. Kevin Newman, it's it's kind of like a slap in the face to watch him hit seven or 600 in spring training just because you know it's not going to last. Same thing with Frazier hitting whatever he hit extremely well in spring training. You just know it's not going to last. Um, I will say at least uh, Brian Reynolds seems to look – decent i know he didn't start today and he was he was i think he may have yeah. struck the out lineup was, the lineup was very different today compared to yesterday and I yeah, think a was, lot of that had to do with the night game followed by the day game for sure it was a, a weird like day of the the afternoon type feel uh with wilmer defoe and yeah whenever you see eric gonzalez batting fifth that's not really a great sign yeah, and, although uh, today it was because he hit the Grand Slam. He but. did hit the Grand Slam, and that was one fun thing at least. But, yeah, uh, it's this offense is just it's just pretty rough. For them to be, like, remotely average, they need Frazier and Newman to, to get base hits. And when they're not, I mean, it's just – it's no there's no there's no chance. Phillip Evans has been nice, like we said, and, um, you know – Colin Moran is a pretty solid major league hitter, and you could probably say the same thing for Brian Reynolds, but I don't know. Looking at the bottom of this lineup, I'm already tired of seeing Dustin Fowler. I'm already tired of seeing Anthony Alford, the two who have played center field. They're not major league players. Alford showed, you know. Which is surprising to me that Alford, like, because he was so highly regarded coming in. Yeah. When he was with Toronto and all. But yeah, he was a top prospect, and last year with the Pirates, he he did. He was great for, like, those three games or so. But, <laughs> I mean, he he just is what he is. He's he's good defensively, he's fast, but he can't hit. Same thing with Fowler. And I, it, it was funny today that on the broadcast, the uh, the team of Joe Block and the Fort, Michael McHenry, they, they referenced that Dustin Fowler hit 25 home runs in AAA – but they didn't reference that that was in the Pacific Coast League where literally I could hit 25 home runs. It's just, that's, that's the definition of a quad A player. For sure. Um, I mean, Stallings, I'm all right with Jacob Stallings. He's fine. I mean, he's hitting 154 right now, but whatever. He He's a guy that on a normal major league team, he'd bat eighth and be your defensive first catcher. So I'm all right with that. But, yeah, it, it's – you just look at it, and like I said, when Frazier and Newman are bad and, like, not their usual average hitting selves, then it's it's just a putrid lineup. Just, like, a bottom. I mean, they're already probably a bottom five lineup, but they're they're the worst lineup in baseball whenever. What, what they two- need is they need Frazier and or Newman to get two and a half, three hits in a game. And mm-hmm. then Moran to drive him in, or for sure, to, or and, Key Ryan to drive him in, or yeah, Reynolds that's, to drive him in. That, that's, that's the, the game too. plan. It just really sucks that literally coming into the season, the one thing that all Pirates fans were looking forward to was Brian Hayes, and in the second game of the year, after opening day, when he excited everyone with that bomb at Wrigley Field. He just gets hurt, and, I mean, you, you hope that he's back in maybe a week, maybe two weeks. You you really hope that he is. But if this if this injury lingers and 
he kind of has wrist issues just throughout the season, that would just that would just be the worst. I don't even want to like think about that. I, I would be very cautious about Keybrow. Oh, for sure. I would I would just wait until I would be overly cautious with him. I would probably wait three weeks if if he's healthy for a week. Like beginning of May. Yeah, honestly, because the thing with him is he is their guy. He's their guy. The right now. And uh yeah, but watching this team without him, it is painful. Brutal. It really is painful. But I guess if you if you squint in your eyes and you look real hard and and you uh maybe have a drink or two and you look at this lineup and you see maybe Frazier and Newman get back to being fine. They'll be fine. They're twenty plate appearances in. Uh Reynolds, Moran, Hayes, middle of the lineup. And maybe Phillip Evans is pretty decent. Maybe he's a slightly above average major league hitter. When, and then you have, you know, Stallings at the bottom of the lineup. Maybe that's a decent little below average lineup. Maybe instead of being a bottom five lineup, maybe that's like a bottom seven lineup. And then if if the pitching, you know, if Mitch Keller decides to throw strikes and Brubaker and Cole decide to sh- throw strikes and we get Stephen Brault back, maybe this team starts to squeak out some wins and it's not quite as dire as it looks right now. Because right now it does. It looks pretty dire. <laughs> it's funny. Usually the Pirates fans get this feeling in, you know, August or September. Usually yeah. under Neil Huntington – they would try to hang around for as long as they could, and things would be sort of exciting in those months. But now it's just like the season's over, and we're they haven't they haven't even played a week's full uh, full of games. So, but to be to be fair though, what were the expectations coming into the season? Exactly. So, so you really can't be like they. I like I would be a lot more concerned if I were like an A's fan and I see right. my team losing. Their first five games after making it to, you know, after winning their division last year, that those are the teams I'd actually like be concerned for. They're zero and six actually, which is crazy. But they did run yeah. into Astros and the Dodgers to begin the season, so that might be part of the reason why. I'm sure that's a lot of the reason mm-hmm. why. But you know, to me, honestly, it it'll be nice once. Um, it's nice to see Philip Evans play well. And that's, I guess, what I would advise people to look for in the Cubs series is let's hope that Philip Evans continues this little hot streak that he's got going for himself and then just pray for Key Brian Hayes' health. Yeah, that's about it. And throw strikes. Throw strikes, yeah, that's important. That's the the three things going forward is maybe Philip Evans could be decent and – Let's hope that Cabrian Hayes is fully healthy when he gets back and throw strikes, please. Just please. How long? I'll ask you this. How much longer do you give Gregory Polanco before you just pull the plug completely and DFA him? Are you close? Are you there I would yet? Say, I would say that I, I might have a little bit more patience with him. I'd say the trade deadline only because by then, or maybe even June, I'll, I'll even pull it up a little bit because I want to see. Because, I mean, if it's not Gregory Polanco, who's it going to be? Like, do you, do you really just put Philip Evans there? Yeah. But then the thing is with Philip Evans and what makes him so important and so valuable is he can play multiple positions. He can give Adam Frazier a day off if he needs it. He can give 
you know, keep Brian Hayes a day off if he needs it. He can give, you know, that's like the beauty of the utility player. And it's why every successful team or every team period has a guy like Phillip Evans that can play four, five, six, like what I mentioned earlier, Mike Gross, uh, Mike Grosso. So I think I wouldn't put Phillip Evans out there in right field, like full time. Mm-hmm. I would continue to put him in the utility role and give, you know, every other person, you know, a day off in the field. And, you know, maybe Polanco starts to see himself phased out of the lineup. But I mean, also, like, keep in mind, he's batting 059. Like, if he bats, like, 4 for 4 tomorrow, which would be amazing if that happened. Could you imagine if Gregory Blanco goes 4 for 4 tomorrow? <laughs> he's like, 4 for 4 tomorrow. His average is over 300. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, and then, and then you know, the next day he goes 5 for 5. And, you know, before you know it, he's better than Ted Williams. So, honestly, I would just say, you know, if he – but if he's at, you know, the rate he's going, he's probably going to average out to somewhere – below 200 probably like around 170 and if you're batting that in like late may or early june then i'd maybe look at some of the minor league options that you have and see if that's worth keeping him at the big league level over gregory polanco and then you kind of go from there but yeah i i can't i can't say that i'm very impressed with gregory polanco i don't think anyone is and i would just but also keep in mind you know, we're, you know, six games in. He's only played five of them, I think. And, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if he has a good weekend, he's, you know, back to he's normal, fine. I guess. But I will say that He hasn't given us a sign that he's going to change. Exactly. You, you, you look at Gregory Polanco. I mean, 17 at-bats. And the, the most <laughs> frustrating part about it is that seven of those at-bats have ended in a strikeout. He just strikes out, it seems like, every other at-bat close to at least he does have four walks though so I'll give him that and I will say too I think I'd still rather see Gregory Blanco in the lineup than someone like Anthony Alford or Dustin Fowler because like it's not like your alternatives are that much better exactly and they are like you're playing quad a guys next to him if you're playing like a, a younger guy that's maybe you know 21 22 and he's coming up in the system and he could benefit from some major league at bats then, yeah, I would say then that's someone that I would play over Polanco. But at this point, if your alternatives are Anthony Alford and Dustin Fowler, I don't see like that as such a huge upgrade. Not really an upgrade at all, in my opinion, for sure. They, they should put him on the mound in the next blowout. I'd like to see Gregory Polanco. Maybe that's, yeah. what, he's been, maybe that's what he needs is like a, a, pit, like a Rick and Keel, like, you know, position change, renaissance, middle of his career, and, you know, before you know it, he's going to win the Cy Young this year. NL Cy Young. Honestly, what do you think the odds are for Gregory Blanco to win the NL Cy Young this year? I would say about a billion to one. Honestly, those are pretty good odds. If I put down a penny for it, I, I definitely yeah. make a t- – I could make – I could retire. Put down a cent and you could retire. Um, does it, though. I will say, if I thinking about – Gregory Polanco pitching. I love that this is where the conversation has gone. Uh, I'm just trying to think, like, what I think his fastball would top out at. Like, at this point, would it? could he hit 69 80? miles per hour. <laughs> 69, you said? 69 miles per hour. The, the, the perceived velocity, though, would be, like, glass now. 
True, he is long. I, I don't know how well he would be able to throw strikes, but yeah, the shoulders really that 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 pretty much did it for him in throwing the ball with really any effectiveness whatsoever. It's pretty much all lollipops into the infield at this point, which is sad, but that's that's the reality right now. Um, I think this, this this might be a good place to to stop things. What do you guys think? I'm just good if you're good. Does anybody have anything else they would like to add about this Pirates versus Reds shellacking sweep before we sign off here? Thank God it's over. Thank God it's over. And a it's... new the sun will rise and a new day will be upon us. For sure. That is true. This is Talk to Plank. I'm Nathan Hirsch with uh, Jeremy Brenner here. Thank you for joining in. Thank you, Joe, as well, for joining in as well. Follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch. Follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter as well. And I think it's just Bucks Dug at Bucks Dugout. So at give Bucks them dugout. at Bucks Dugout. dugout. Yes. And uh, we'll be we'll be back next time. We'll be talking Cubs, Pirates, recap, um, probably Monday. Monday or so. And Monday hopefully the Pirates have more than one win at that point. That will be a good weekend, I think. If if the Pirates can if the Pirates can take one game from the Cubs, hopefully two, that'd be fantastic. If they can take three, hey, we're four and five and we're right back in it. Yeah, that would be what are those odds? Uh, I, I don't know, but hey, one fifty-seven and five is still up for grabs. So it is, and uh, back-to-back number one overall picks wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for That's this true. franchise either. So, which won't happen if we're one fifty-seven and five. But right. take your pick. I think either are totally fine. <laughs> exactly. So always the optimist. So thanks again for listening, everyone, and I hope you all have a great day.